Kicking and Streaming Podcast is brought to you by Cafe 1804. Premium Haitian coffee now available online at cafe1804.com. That's cafe, K-A-F-E, 1804.com. Should we do a proper intro? Yeah, sure. Let's do that. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> hey, Graham. Hey, Jocelyn. Do you like food? Yes. Do you like grocery shopping? <laughs> no. With Instacart, never deal with germ-covered shopping cart handles, people waiting until the last second to pay, or having to dodge that one creepy dude who's always in the dairy section. Never again will you have to stop your binge-watching for the drudgery of grocery shopping. Instacart is here to save your day. For a low monthly fee, Instacart will have trained personal shoppers choose and deliver your groceries from your favorite store right to your front door or your back door. It's all up to you. Shop from anywhere using your computer, iPhone, iPad, or Android device. Schedule a delivery and have your groceries delivered in as little as an hour. Instacart personal shoppers fulfill your orders from the store you've chosen. Your personal shopper will pick your produce, carefully select all your items, and handle any items that are out of stock. If you're a picky produce person, don't worry. You can notate all of your preferences and that info will be sent directly to your personal shopper who will go out of their way to select the best available items. They pay close attention to expiration dates and carefully handle delicate items like eggs and bottles. Oh, and speaking of bottles, alcohol delivery may be an option as well. All of this for one low monthly fee, and it's unlimited. Yes, that's right. Have them running around for you every day of the month. Who doesn't want a grocery store lackey? To start your 14-day free trial, follow the link in the show notes to let Instacart know we sent you and to help support our show. Instacart. Never set foot in a grocery store again. This is Kicking and Streaming Podcast, a binge watcher's guide to streaming movies, TV series, and stuff. Here are your hosts, Graham and Jocelyn. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Kicking and Streaming here with you. And, of course, in studio with me, very happy to have my favorite co-host, The JoJo. <laughs> How to do? Hello, the Jojo. Hello, the Graham. All right, so let's uh, kind of explain to people what just happened here. Is that uh, we decided to watch the the series that we are going to talk about today. We decided to watch it to finish watching it because somehow it, it turns out that the two of us. Uh, did not make it to the end of the week having watched it. No, and we ended on pretty much the same episode. <laughs> exactly. So, so we got we got we haven't done this before. We got to watch it together, which yeah. was very cool. Yes, <laughs> and the fact of the, uh, the truth is, I'm shook. I am. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. So <laughs> we're gonna try to go through these. Uh, but a lot of things are happening in my head, and I'm sure you. Yes, yes. All right, then. So uh, let's just tell people what series we are talking about. Yes, we are talking about Hunters on uh, Amazon Prime. Yes. And, you know, the one thing I can tell you about Hunters is that this was one of the shows. The last time I remember Amazon Prime pushing a show as much as this was this show Carnival Row. Yes. Uh, you know, and... It, it turns out to be much ado about nothing, really. I, I don't know that it, you can say Carnival Row was successful. 
I don't think so. I, I, I don't know. But unfortunately, I feel like a lot of Amazon Prime shows aren't as successful as they should be. So I can't really speak to Carnival Row having not watched it. But but yeah. The- yeah, I think we, we, we've talked about this before that, you know, Amazon Prime, uh, I don't know. People haven't wise up to, to uh, understanding how to watch content on Amazon. Prime. Yeah, and the content is so good too, <laughs> and so so delightfully, I don't know, esoteric, eccentric, all those e words. Yes, you know the, the kind of thing that um, you know maybe not cater to the mainstream always. And that's the thing. It, it's so crazy how people seem to gravitate only to what is well known. Yes, everybody everybody knows Netflix, and everybody it, talks about Netflix. And, you know, Netflix has some good content, but they also have some really shitty content. Right, and you have to see through the pile of shite before you get to something that is actually good. Yeah. Whereas Amazon Prime is very much more selective. Yeah. And we knew that this one was going to be good for some reason, even when we don't, we didn't know much of what there's, there's at least for me, there were two reasons I thought this deserved to be watched. Um, one was the fact that it's executive produced by Jordan Peele. Yes. And the second, of course, is that the great Al Pacino. Yes. Al Pacino doesn't do TV much. No, <laughs> you know, no, he doesn't. That, that's what caught my eye too. Was I, Caught a, a trailer, I think, on uh, Instagram, and the um, the logo for it caught my eyes because it's kind of an interesting logo for the show. Yes. And I saw the name Jordan Peele, and I was like, hold up, wait a minute, I need to watch this. Just start that over again. <laughs> and then when I saw Al Pacino, I was like, oh, this is going to be good. And then when I saw the premise, which is Nazi hunters, I was yes. like, yeah, I, I, this is a cause I can get behind. <laughs> Um, so let's go ahead and decipher the show for our audience. And here's the thing. Nothing we are going to talk about here is exaggerated. We are not overhyping this show at all. Mm-hmm. No. This show is everything you could ever imagine that it should be. And I think everybody should give it a give it a watch. Yes. Right? Yes. And I agree. Especially um, with everything that's going on in the world today. Yes, it, it fits perfectly with, uh, you know, things that are going around. What's what's happening in our world, especially with the rise of neo-fascism and, uh, you know, white, white supremacy in, in the whole nine yard. It's amazing that we have to be reminded of all the horrors that Nazis caused around the world, and especially to 11 million people. Yes. Um, in the 21st century, we have to be trying to tell, to convince people, actually, that there, there's nothing, there's nothing good about these motherfuckers. Right, you know? right, exactly. I, I you know, to, to quote the great Indiana Jones, Nazis, I hate these guys. I mean, <laughs> <Yeah>. you know... <laughs> <laughs> Anybody that is like, oh, you know, Nazis are okay. I- I'm sorry, but what, what, what planet did you have? You ever actually read anything at all? And the people who deny the Holocaust just need to be taken out and smacked. Yeah, uh, well, smacked out of life. Yeah, well, yes. yes. And, and, and here's the thing: uh, I know that there are those who whose existence is 
to just rewrite history, mm-hmm. redesign history. Because, mm-hmm. you know, the same thing has happened here in the United States, for instance, with the history of slavery. Yes. With the Jim Crow and, and the whole thing. In fact, you know, the idea that the Confederacy was a good thing and flying a, confed- a confederation flag was um, a symbol of pride. Um, that, heritage. Yeah, of heritage and shit. That is something of the early 19... At least started right around 1910, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, the South... There was a time where the South of the United States actually understood that, you know, the whole secession in civil war was a cause for shame. Yes. You know what I mean? Yes. The people who were involved in it, the people who saw the horrors that happened, remembered and they understood. And then when mm-hmm. those people started dying out, then the next generation came along and started glorified to romanticize it. it. Yes. Yeah, romanticize, exactly. glorify. Yeah. yeah. So. And so the same thing has happened around the world with, na- with Nazism. And in fact, I am fucking shocked at Poland and other Eastern European countries that got fucking plowed, you know, thanks to 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 uh, Nazism, right? And today they have factions of Nazis, including Germany and shit, um, you know, Austria. And I'm like, what the fuck, right? And so history here is is well reminded with this series. Yes. So. Before we go any further, I will let, ladies and gentlemen, the great Jojo give you a synopsis of this show because I know that if I go into it, I'm going to blow it up for you. <laughs> it will be spoilers and spoilers and spoilers. <laughs> so, Jojo, tell our uh, listeners what this show is about. This show is about Al Pacino as a character who is assembled a group of. Very interesting ragtag people with certain sets of life skills, certain sets of, of, of skills, and um, they have made it their mission to go after Nazis who were brought to the United States, in many cases by the United States government and given a new identity. Um, they've made it their mission to find them, expose them for what they are, and kill them. And it takes place in the 70s, which I think is a really a really smart way of, of, of bringing this sort of into the, 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 a, a past that we can sort of grasp. I feel if they had left it closer to the 40s, yeah. it would have been more of a, of a period piece. Right. Yeah. But with the 70s, even though, you know, it's still the past and it's still a while ago, it's, it's still something I think, you know, that we would find more relatable. It's certainly the more 40s. recent. Yes. yes yeah. Yes. So it's, it's Holocaust survivors. Some of them are uh, in this group are Holocaust survivors. Um, you know, the great Carol Kane plays a Holocaust survivor, and they are detectives, essentially. And uh, it becomes more violent and, and more shocking as, as the series goes on. And as you learn more about what, what actually uh, happened, because one of the very interesting things to me about this series is that it's based, of course, on 
I should say inspired by some real people. Yes. But, and by real people, I mean the Nazi hunters, but from everything I read, the actual Nazis in this are based on actual Nazis. So anything that they tell you in this series that a Nazi did, that actually happened in history. That actually happened. Right. So one of the most interesting things to me is that um, also you can see, because this whole thing takes place in the 70s, mm-hmm. the survivors are pretty much in the, in the middle of their lives. Yes. So, you know, it, it's, it's as recent as 30 years ago for them. Yes. So, again, as you said, it, isn't, it, it doesn't seem so distant. Yes. Because we know now in, in our lifetime, some of these, very few of them are alive. Some of them are like, you know, in their late, 80s, early 90s, and some of them are even as old as 100 and something, you know. So this it fits perfect in the timeline. And uh, as you said, the fact that all of this reasoning that took place within the United States government to sort of utilize, sort of repurpose those Nazi scientists and mm-hmm. <laughs> and doctors and stuff mm-hmm. just because we were in a pissing contest with the Soviets is an amazing thing, mm-hmm. right? And the, the truth is, I hate conspiracy theories. I, I'm not a conspiracy theorist at all. But it, it gives you pause because, yes, I knew... I've always known that South America became a breeding ground, a a, a haven for for Nazis. Yes. You know. Yes. Um, As a matter of fact, the I want to say maybe ninety percent of anyone in South America, mostly uh, Brazil, Argentina, even you know. Peru, Colombia, most people who have a German last name, uh, most of people who have a German last name are at least the great-grandchildren of some Nazi motherfucker. Yes. I'm, I, I'm sorry to say that shit, you know, yes. but if your last name is Neumann, Neumann <laughs> you know, if your last name is, is Bündchen, like Giselle and shit, Fuck you, your great-grandfather was a Nazi, you know, if you come from South America. So there's that, you know. And so this story tells us a lot more uh, that we don't know and that history books aren't going to tell us. How much uh, intellectual liberties were taken in there? Well, yes, of course, that, you know, there's that. But we cannot dismiss the the basis, the concept of the story, mm-hmm. in, in that the United States knowingly repurposed a lot of people who committed atrocities, but had very high skilled and. We've always been crazy about high-skilled immigrants. <laughs> you know, they had high skills, and the United States needed uh, scientists, needed these people, you know, to to win whatever 
peacing contest they had yep. the with, space with race. the Soviet Union. The, the space, space race. race, exactly. I had no idea that the the Alabama thing. I didn't know about that. There, right. I, I I did not know that. <laughs> and you know, I've I consider myself slightly more educated on the the Holocaust than um, I would say the average American, but I had no idea about about Alabama. Yeah. Which this is probably it explains a lot about Alabama. <laughs> you know, there's a big Nazi colony in Alabama. Of course. <laughs> and I mean, you don't it's not like uh, at, at the time racism was a new concept for for those people. It no. was like, oh, this no. is our <laughs> no, <that's> what... <laughs> Yeah, this is our way of life anyway. <laughs> you know what I mean? The Nazis are like, oh cool, we got somebody new to hate. Sweet. <laughs> exactly, exactly, you know. So this is what this this series is about. Yes. But another reason you should watch this show is because of the cast. Yes. Is because we often talk about how perfectly cast shows that we decide to talk about are. And to be honest with you, the biggest surprise for me here was Al Pacino, um, you know, going into this. Yeah. But because we know that you know, Pacino, Pacino is Pacino, yeah. And for him to have gotten involved in this, you can tell that it was something that he saw something in it, yeah. And of course, he didn't disappoint. So after watching the first episode of the show, I I posted on uh, uh, on Twitter that you know from megalomaniac. <laughs> Italian American mobster to a cocaine crazed uh, Cuban American to a Nazi hunter. This guy delivers in everything he does. Al Pacino. Yes. And I don't know. It's it it's it's an unbelievable thing to me because you know how fascinated I am with accents, of course. Mm-hmm. And every accent there is perfect. You know. But the majority of those people doing the accent, they're actually of of Jewish descent. So they understand the accents of their own community. Mm-hmm. You know. And let's give credit, of course, to to the dialect coaches that do a perfect job, really. But also, I mean, if you ask me to do a, a Haitian Speaking English, I don't need a dialect coach for that. I can <laughs> I can do that for you. <laughs> you know, what I mean, like really. But but if you ask me to do me Graham, the Haitian guy, to do a, a I don't know a a Polish accent, then maybe I will need <laughs> I will need a. a, a a coach for even with some 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 American accents, I might need a dialect coach for that. And so, for me, Pacino nailed his uh, Jewish accent, uh, but the Jewish German accent. Mm-hmm. Even though between them, between him and Ruth in in their youth, they communicated mostly in Polish, but you know. In the English language, the accent that sort of like came out was was the the German accent, right? Uh, along with obviously the heavy of the Hebrew. Yes, and that was fascinating. That was fascinating to see. Of course, the 
his trionics of Pacino, you can you can never you can never question that because you know. Conversely, though, I think I've seen Pacino take more liberties at playing certain out of you know out of the left corner characters than in comparison to De Niro. Yeah. Right. Yeah. De Niro almost De Niro De Niro even do comedy does comedy and all kind of stuff. Yeah. You know what I mean. Yeah. But you know, but you know, there's some crazy shit, <laughs> you know. And this one for me was perfect. So tell me what you think. Yeah, no, I I think that he was uh, he's really really good in this. You know, I'm not a, an a, an a, an expert on on uh, accents or anything like that, but uh, he seemed like an old Jewish man to me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And, uh, you know, I, I enjoyed his performance very much and I enjoyed his, uh, his chemistry with the rest of the cast because yes, yes. I think that he was a big portion of, cause the, the character he plays, you know, brings together a sort of family, makes a sort of a family. But I think that his, his acting prowess was a big part of that too. Yes. yes. With, with that, you know, that it wasn't just the character that he was playing, but, but he himself was able to bring together a lot of these actors that... Right. And as you said, like, we're not actors, but we can definitely tell that the presence of somebody like Pacino would certainly make the one... If I if I had to be, you know, on a scene with Pacino, I would definitely do my freaking best. Yes. <laughs> you yes. know, I mean... Yeah, if I, yeah if I was an actor, I'd be doing my best and I'd be pissing my pants. So, you know... <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> So let's talk about some of these uh, people. So we got this young kid, Logan Lerman. Yes. I, I don't know much about him. I don't know much about him either. I don't think I've seen him in anything. He plays um, Jonah. Jonah uh, Heidelbaum. Who yeah. is a um, very important part of the series. I mean, I guess you could argue the series is about him. It's a yes. partially about his story and his, his story arc. Yes. But I, I'm not really familiar with with this actor, but he is... He is very good. He's been in The Perks of Being a Wallflower. He's been in Percy Jackson. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not. But not, I, not really anything that I've I've seen. But uh, I, 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 see, I think uh, he is Jewish. So, um, you know, should have brought some some personal feelings to the yeah, story. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure it did. It, it, it did. You know, his interpretation of of a of a Jewish grandson, yeah, who you know knows the history, albeit you know a little fuzzy, because we we know that one of the one of the specialty one of the specialties of of older immigrants is that they don't like to talk a lot about the past. True, and so the newer generations of immigrants, we you know, they will know. Bits and pieces, but not not a lot. No, sometimes not even the truth. Yeah. So yeah. so that was captured very well on, on this kid. Yeah. yeah. Um, we have Jerrica Hinton as uh, FBI agent Millie Morris. She was great. She was fantastic. Wasn't she was she? great. I I, mm. I I loved her. I loved her sincerity in every scene. Yeah. Um, I believed her when she was on screen and, uh, she really kind of, 
she, to me, I feel that she captured the being a female, black, gay character in the 70s in the FBI. In the FBI, yes. I would think that she, I feel that she captured that so well because she, you could feel the tightrope she was walking. Yes. You yes, could feel it. Yes. And, and you could feel how conflicted she was with things she wanted to say and things she did say. Yes. And things, and, and I, I just, it's a very subtle performance. Yes. But I, I feel that she, for me, anyway, I really felt that tightrope. In, in even in her personal life, you could you, you, yes. you understood the struggle. Yes, you could be on her side, and it's very easy nowadays to feel a certain type of way about her, the way she approached her personal life, because you know it's twenty twenty, and you know same sex marriage is legal and. And gay rights, people are a bit more conscious about gay rights nowadays. Uh, you know, people, are, we are all more, you know, LGBTQ friendly, uh, most of us. And so when, unless you really remember what era yeah, this whole thing is taking place, you would feel a certain way like, oh, why doesn't she accept who she is and blah, blah, blah. But. Until you're like, wait, that's 1977. So, yeah, I, I, I can see that. You yeah. Know. So, Jerrica Hinton is from the School of Grey's Anatomy. I think she had a recurring character for at least two seasons on Grey's Anatomy and eventually became a permanent fixture in, in the show. So, um, she was among a, a school of, of great actors, you know, from the school of, of Shonda Rhimes uh, people. So her chops <laughs> as an actress are, are absolutely fantastic. So, yeah. But, you know, she was sort of like a piece in this puzzle that never quite, you couldn't see where she fit, but she kind of fit everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> you, you know, wherever she, she was placed, it was at the right time and at the right moment. I don't know if I'm if I'm if I'm even making sense, but yeah, no. That uh, when she appears in the story, you know, she she plays an FBI agent, but it's not just an FBI agent in the sense of oh, let's throw an FBI agent in the stories because we got to have the government involved somehow yeah, <laughs> to make yeah. this seem legit. Yeah. Um, she she is part of the story. She she advances the the plot yes she does she's yeah. not just there because she's fbi she's an important person in there yes now let's talk about lena olin um as the colonel she is what is swedish swedish she? yes yeah. plays a hell of a character plays the shit out of the character uh scary as fuck yes <laughs> yes very much so you know very much so you know it 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 was and she had very few scenes, really. But every time she was on screen, you were scared for your life. Yeah. <laughs> now, if I saw her coming towards me during a, down a dark alley, I'd <laughs> pee and run. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, kudos there. We have the masterful pairing of Saul Robinek and Carol Kane. Yes. And what a lovely little couple they make. Yes. <laughs> what a lovely couple. Yes, they're perfect. And 
what a perfectly Jewish little couple. Yes. <laughs> you, yes. You know, Carol Kane masterfully interprets the Jewish Polish accent, you know, and and of course her looks, right? She she looks like right of right out of the book between, you know, Russia and Poland. And but her expressions, her mannerisms, everything she did there was had a purpose. Yes. Everything she said, every line she delivered had a purpose. And I, 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 you know, when she was sad, I wanted to cry. Yes. When she smiled, I, I felt like something was relieved <laughs> uh, from from like my chest. Yeah. You know, and 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 Saul Robinette again. We're talking about. Here's what I can tell you. And this is not from out of expertise, this is just my opinion. I feel like actors who share their times between the stage and films, they have a special touch versus people who exclusively and mostly are, you know, in front of cameras. That acting skill, that acting, I don't know, touch, the the little... um, Details and movements and nuance of of characters, I feel like stage actors are able to nail those more than anybody else, better than anybody else. I wonder if that has something to do with being in front of a live audience and the human element of of playing a character in front of of humans and and being able to find the truth if you're a good actor being able to find the truth of the way you know if you're bad in front of people you're going to feel it <laughs> right and th- there's no cut uh, you know right let's do it again right it's just like if you're bad you're bad and yeah. you had a, a terrible night yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know? yeah you, you you can feel that uh-huh. and i and i think that you know maybe there's a little too much kiss ass in in terms of of camera and yes men and oh that was wonderful and marvelous and great when maybe it really wasn't depending yeah so I'm I'm with you I I think you nailed it that's exactly <laughs> what it is I, I I hope you know because you're right when when things don't go well on stage man. The audience is there to tell you they're not feeling it. Yeah, yeah, and, <laughs> yeah. You, and I think you can feel it too. You know, as an actor, that yeah. you can you can feel that feedback and go, yeah, that 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 that, that sucked. <laughs> <laughs> now here's a, a silly addition to this cast, but also really really laughable, really funny, like not in a bad way. It was Josh Radner. Yes. <laughs> who I will forever think of as Ted Mosby. As Ted Mosby, of course, right? <laughs> you know, he, he shows up in his sideburns and his leisure suit and this, and I'm like, oh, what a Mosby thing to do. <laughs> <laughs> the crazy thing is he was as annoying as Ted, as Ted Mosby. Yeah, he really yeah. was. He was. It, but it worked. Yes. He, he was more of a, an R-rated Ted, Ted Mosby. Yes, yes. And delivers some one-liners that you'd be like, oh, my God. God, oh, like, like, was quick-witted, yes. well-delivered, and you'd be like, yeah, 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 I see what you're saying, yes. <laughs> you know. Yes, 
So I, I really enjoyed the inter, the interaction between him and um, Jonah when they kind of first met each yeah. other. <laughs> And he and he was like, you know, I, I know what it's like to be the the new kid or whatever, something like that. And and you know, if any of these guys, if they do anything, well, I'll, I'll talk bad behind their backs with them with yeah. you because I'm scared shitless. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that that was fantastic. Uh, a, a marvelous character in a, in a way, but in a scary way, is this kid uh, Greg Austin playing He's- Travis. Leash. He's very, very good in this. He's very, very creepy. Almost to the point of scariness. Like, yes. Like, yo. Yes. Are you like this in real life? Like, yes. How the fuck did you? You know what I mean? Yes. Um. The 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 character is an absolute fucking psychopath. It's like uh, a, a kid between. I don't know, uh, Dexter and <laughs> and Manson <laughs> or some shit. Yeah, he's got a little bit of uh, um, Psycho, the 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 that dude. That dude, yeah. That did the that, thing. That, that dude that did I that thing in Psycho. Yeah, he's got a, he's got a little bit of that in him, but he's um he's actually um, British according to his Is he? his IMDb. Uh-huh. Uh, he was in a Doctor Who spinoff called Class. He's mm-hmm. he's been in a few things for ITV. He's not really. He's mostly done bit parts. It looks like right. I but I, I I can't remember having seen him before. He looked vaguely familiar to me, possibly because of Class, because my husband is a huge Doctor Who fan, and he'll give something. Yeah, he's a Whovian, so yeah. he'll give it a chance. Even yeah. and I I don't think Class was very good, so I don't think it got much of a chance. <laughs> but he did give it a chance. But um, yeah, he's he's a he's he was good in a horrible, psychotic, sadistic way. Yeah, that was that was good. Um, I every time he was. Pursuing somebody, I was fearful for that person's life. Yes. I'm like, well, they're dead. <laughs> yeah, man, you're going to die. <laughs> so we also had Luis Ozawa as Joe Turns, a, a uh, Asian character, Asian actor, Asian character, Asian American character, uh, I want to say, um, Vietnam veteran with all of his demons and in, in, in his you know, PTSD and all kind of stuff, but really effective, uh, you know, effective at everything he did, um, you know. Very um, elegant in his movements. Yes. Very, very. Not that caricaturized, you know, Asian, that, you know. Yeah, not the weird. Uh, when he Bruce- fights you, he fights you like a motherfucker and not like Bruce Lee. And shit. Right, right, right. <laughs> exactly. Just very. I, I like that. Yeah. I like, that. and he was a good actor. He's a good actor. Um, I'm not also. I'm also not very familiar with with him. I don't. I can't tell you what else I've seen him on. Uh, looks like he was. He's he was in Bosch. He played a character on Bosch. Really. Um, he was in Supergirl. He was in The Born Legacy. Oh wow! Okay. Um, he's been in a few things. Um, but he, uh, yeah, he, he, he was, he, he was very good in this. And, um, I, I, 
I hope this isn't offensive, but I, I, I never would have thought of an Asian Vietnam vet. I, I, I don't mean it offensively right. in the slightest, <laughs> but when, whenever anybody says Vietnam vet, I always think old white dude. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I, I think of like the movie Born on the Fourth of July, that kind of thing. Right, so right. Um, I, I guess I'm being stereotypical, but I, I thought that was actually, though, an, a very poignant way to call attention to to the Vietnam War and to his PTSD and the way yes. it affected him yes. because of his heritage and his background and also kind of a way to make exactly. you think a little bit more about the character because again i being you know dumb american i'm just thinking of the of the white the white dude being the vietnam vet but obviously you know there were black dudes and asian dudes and yeah. jewish dudes and everything else but, but it is not your fault because for the longest time that's what hollywood led us to believe right that, you right know, you know the people that fight the wars for this country are mainly the the ones that fight it and survive it and become heroes are mainly white dudes yeah. you know the the minority characters are always dying. Yeah, you're you know, right. You're right. And, and, and so, 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 yes, it was refreshing to see yes. an, an Asian character as a war hero, yes. a war veteran more than anything else, and also going through all of these pains and, and PTSDs and, and, and sufferings that, that the war leaves you with. Yeah. So, yeah, you're absolutely right. Uh, so... Kate Mulvaney as Sister Harriet. Very funny character. <laughs> I, we still don't know what to make of her character. Exactly. I don't think we can really even talk about her character because like, we just can't. There's something incredibly uh, intriguing about the character. Yes. Yes. The, her, her background story is told, but in, in a very lightly touched away so yes it's almost as if they don't want you to to figure her out yeah i think i think right? they're, they're leaving us a lot for the second season which hopefully there is one there was one phone call that she made yes and she spoke in german yes and what she said left me like whoa right yeah and then everything else she did from there there was always something slightly shady about it yeah but she always felt like she was being loyal to the group. Yeah. Too. Yeah. So we might have to watch a bit more on Sister Harriet. Yes. Um, Actress is Australian. Yes. And uh, it hasn't, she looked very familiar to me, but apparently hasn't been in anything that I've seen. So she's done a lot in Australia, uh, yeah. but I, I don't know that I've seen much of her in US TV. Um, but her her IMDb will tell you that she's 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 pretty much on, uh, at, even in the soup. <laughs> she <laughs> in was the in soup. the Great Gatsby, which I've seen that. The uh, oh okay, but she was fantastic. She was like fantastic said, uh, and and uh, very much an enigma. Yeah, and there's no I don't have any complaints about about the the cast really. No, you. I mean even even like characters that had one or two appearances where were like like for instance the lady who played uh, uh, Millie the FBI agent's mother yes you know yes she had a few lines that she delivered a, a, 
a conversation with her daughter that had me freaking crying, man. Yes. You know, yes. do you know how 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 big that is when you're only going to be on camera for a f- couple of minutes, yet you have one of the most profound delivery of lines in, in that. It, it was absolutely fantastic. What is this lady's name? Myra Lucretia Taylor. There you go. Myra Lucretia Taylor. She played Viola. Viola. She was in The Big Sick. She's in See You Yesterday. She's in uh, The Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. Oh. So she's been in, been in a few things. Right. Oh, so, so she's, she's got to be buddy-buddy with uh, Carol Kane, because Carol Kane was on gotcha. The Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. Yep. She's from South Carolina. Uh, South Carolina! Yay! <laughs> All right. So, of course, we had Al Pacino as Maya Offerman. We've already blabbed about Al Pacino. Yes. Uh, Zach Shaw was played a young Maya Offerman. Very good actor. You know, whenever he, he, he delivered a very believable, he did. you know, uh, concentration camp prisoner. Yeah. You know, I was more struck by the girl that played young uh, last name hag annie annie it has the umlaut over the a so yes yes the hag she was piercing her her performance you, you can always see pain in her eyes you can always see that profound sadness and, and misery in yes. her eyes so that was fantastic. Yes. And there's a lot more people on this show, of course. There's a young actor named Jono Davis, played Tobias or Tobias, which is what you would, how you would pronounce that in German, Tobias. And uh, Jono Davis <laughs> had a good, while it lasted, <laughs> you know, had a good bit in there. He did. You know, he did. He I, I was. Think, I think he, he had it coming. <laughs> what happened to him? He was a he was a good bad guy. Yeah, and I I also want to thank him for following us on Instagram. Yes, thank you. <laughs> so thank you, Jonah Davis. There yes. you go, my dude. <laughs> Thanks for the follow and good job on on the show. Yes, excellent. Um, so. Yeah, I, I think we also have to talk about Dylan Baker as uh, as Biff. Oh, Biff! Yeah, <laughs> because Biff Biff is uh, a little bit of our introduction, really, into yes. Yes. into what the fuckery is. And Dylan Dylan Baker is a great character actor in yes. playing the sleazy, slimy guy. Yes, he is. He's very, very good at <laughs> yes, it. Yes, and he was very, very. Good. It is very, very good in this. Yes. He was. He's been in everything. Um, he was in Extremely Wicked, Shockingly Evil, and Vile. He, oh, yeah. he was a uh, Utah prosecutor, which we we did a show about that uh-huh. show. So yes. you know, feel free to check that out because uh, we did speak about him in that too. So, um, but yeah, he is. He's very good in this. Yes, yes. he's very. He's a terrible person, <laughs> but he's very good at it, and he uh, he is. He survives everything. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so let's talk about some of the nicknames that we enjoyed <laughs> in this show, right? <laughs> um, so we had Caleb Emery as Arthur 
nickname Booty Hole. <laughs> booty Hole. <laughs> yeah, Booty Hole. And, you know, lovingly by, by him, by his friends, also known as Booty. <laughs> you know. uh, Everybody needs a booty in their life. Yes. <laughs> yeah, here's my friend Booty Hole. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, we have a, a Henry... Hunter Hall as Sherman nicknamed Chicks. So you have Booty Hole in Chicks. Yes. You know. So you had uh, Ebony Obsidian as Carol. I don't know if they were best friends or there was a bit of a love interest thing going on between I think the, yeah I think they, they, Carol and and and, uh, and Jonah. Jonah. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I kind of feel like maybe they grew up together a little bit and he had yeah. Kind of a crush on her a that of a crush, she, yeah. she maybe didn't reciprocate. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Unrequited love. Yeah. <laughs> Something very special that happens uh, through the entirety of the show is that out of the blue, they will cut into some weird ass PSA or oh, you're amazing. some, you know, some game show kind of thing. Like, like really... I don't know who came up with those. It had to be Jordan Peele. <laughs> it, ha- it, had it, had to be. Be. it had to be. It had to be. Because there's a comedic element to it, isn't it? Yes, there's a yes. comedic element to it yeah. that at the same time, you know, drives home a very serious point. Exactly. So, uh, yeah, so you'll have to get PSAs and commercials. and You'll and, enjoy those. Yes. You'll definitely enjoy yes. those. Because yeah, right. the first time it happened, I was kind of like, wait, what the fuck just happened? <laughs> That's exactly <laughs> What's that, the bat mitzvah? Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, that one I was, was like, what, what, what? what is happening? Exactly, exactly. Yeah. I, I am confused. <laughs> so there's a bit of a tonal shift every so often. Yes. But it's it's very welcome. And once you realize what, what the fuck is happening, because the first one I, I really was very confused, <laughs> um, it, it, you'll, you'll come to look forward to them because they are exactly. delightful. They that's are how, that's delightful. how it is. Yes, yes. Yes. So you have to really be on your toes when when you're watching the show, it is a very smart show. Yes. In, in, I I remember when we were watching the last two episodes, telling you, Jocelyn, every conversation in this show are things that you have to, they say things that you have to pay attention to. Yes. Right? And there's something very, I don't, I don't know if you had a lengthy conversation with an older Jewish person, but they have these storytelling qualities. And so everything they say sound madly, madly wise. Like yes. no one else could have come up with those. Yes. And they're just talking, right? Yes. Yes. I actually <laughs> have had the privilege of having a conversation with a Holocaust survivor. Long conversations with a Holocaust survivor. And, it's an uh, amazing thing. It is. Yeah. It is amazing. Yes. And this is the kind of flow you have there. There's one moment where Carol said something about men are like floor tiles. Once you have them perfectly positioned, you can walk all over them your entire life. <laughs> and I was like, no one else would ever say something about it. Fucking right, isn't it? <laughs> You you, you you want to pay attention to each and every one of those characters because yes. their stories are powerful. Not everything is as it looks. Yes. So watch this show 
watch it and don't give up on it. No, don't give up on it. Watch it. I'm going to, my father was, was a huge proponent of, of, of history and he was very, very interested in the Holocaust and very much wanted me to know about the Holocaust. And so there, I read a lot of things and, and watched a lot of things and, It was always from the point of view of watch this because you need to understand how life can be going along and be perfectly fine. And then the switch flips and it's not. Yes. And you become the persecuted one or you become the outcast. Yes. And watch it from the view of looking outside of your bubble. Wise. <laughs> wise is just why. The more you talk about your father, the more I discover his his wisdom <laughs> you know and uh, the more i lament not having ever a chance to have met him in yeah. real life yeah. truth. but but yeah but the show it's it's it has the entertainment value it has the history value yes. but also if you at all can think about how it relates to us in our world today and the fact that this isn't just history this is something that can happen again very easily Yes. And lastly, from me at least, I can tell you this. There is a way this show uses to call out those who, who stand idly by yes. and watch injustice happen just because it's not happening to them. Yes. And so you have this. It, it shows you that even when it's not happening to you, As long as it is unjust, you can do something. You have to do something. Yeah. Because you may be next. Yes. So yes. we're just going to leave it at that. Yes. Right? Um, <laughs> we want to invite you folks to follow us on all of our social media little things, right? So yes. We <laughs> are on uh, Facebook. We are on Twitter. Yes. We are on Instagram. Yes, we are. We are on Pinterest. Yes. We are on, we have our own website. Exactly. And we are on the tubes of you. The tubes of you. And in fact, you know, we could sit here and tell you all of the handles and stuff, but like if you do a quick search, kicking and streaming podcasts, right? Just remember, no I-N-G, just I-N apostrophe, you know. It's the Southern and Graham is the only G we need. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> so we would like to invite you to, to, to find us and please follow, comment, turn back our own topics, you know, ask us questions. Uh, if you've got any different opinions than what we've uh, espoused here, come yeah. on, let us know. Yeah. We'd like to have a chat with you. Yes. All right. And uh, what else? I think that's it, right? I think that's it. Yes. So wherever you listen to uh, our podcast, please remember to follow, to rate us, you know, let people know what you think of us. Share. Give a shout out. And share. That's that's exactly right. Yep. You really share. And we'll be with you next week. Yes. Thank you very much for listening today. Thanks, folks. Yeah. Bye. Bye.